Here's Hillary. Are you ready? It even says Hillary Frank Mobile. Hello. Hi, Tristan. Hi. You just got home from work? Yeah, just home from work. This guy, Tristan, he's been on this show a couple times before. His episodes have become audience favorites. They're actually some of my favorites, too. We're calling this series The Accidental Gay Parents. If you haven't heard parts one and two, go get caught up on those before listening to this one. They're episodes 60 and 62. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Hillary Frank. So just to recap, in Tristan and John's last episode, they had just officially adopted John's sister's two kids, Haley, she's five, and Riley, he's eight. It was a big deal because not only are Tristan and John gay, but Tristan is trans. He was designated female at birth, was born with a uterus, but at 20, he changed his name and started taking hormones to help him grow a beard and lower his voice. So when Tristan and John were in court, you know, against John's sister for the adoption, they were constantly worried that the kids would be taken away from them and put in foster care because they figured chances were high that they'd be matched with a judge who just couldn't wrap their head around Tristan and John's family. But in the end, they won, and they are officially Haley and Riley's parents now. And so now we just get to, you know, do things like stay up late or go camping for a weekend or things that, I don't know, I was always worried, well, if it, if this was in a court transcript, how would it look? You know, you just never know what might end up in a discussion in front of a very unfriendly judge. Um, and now I don't have to worry about that. I heard from Tristan again in November. He emailed me. The subject of the email was, I've got news. I opened it up and there were just two words. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. I kept reading those two words over and over again. It was super exciting. My initial reaction was no. <laughs> okay, maybe not for everyone. <laughs> like, um, I don't understand why people have children or make new children when there are like so many other children that could really use a loving person in their life. This, of course, is Tristan's husband, John. I love talking to both of these guys so much. They're so self-aware. I wanted to do this follow-up with them because, I mean, I'll jump at any chance to hop on the phone with them. But there's also huge takeaways in this story. There's huge takeaways for anyone in a long-term relationship, you know, on, on how to handle things when you and your partner have really different ideas about what you want your future together to look like. So we're going to be devoting not one but two episodes to the next chapter in their story. It's been almost a year since I last spoke with Tristan and John, and a lot has happened since then. One thing, though, that I never saw coming, John changed his name. I sort of had a one-third life crisis, and so I just decided that I don't... I, John <laughs> doesn't fit me, and I just decided that I was going to go by the name I felt like going by. <laughs> that name is Biff. Biff is what John's family called him growing up. Plus, John's dad's name is also John, and they've never had a good relationship. So from here on out, we're going to be calling John Biff. Okay, so Biff and Tristan. Very different ideas from each other on the whole baby thing. Back when they first met, making babies was not on Biff's mind at all. 
Tristan, though, started thinking about it right away. Um, And I would even sometimes have dreams about being pregnant. I would have dreams about having a baby that was our baby. But, you know, you can't tell someone that when you just met them because that's weird. So Tristan kept this fantasy to himself at first, for a long time, actually. You know, the way you do when there's something you want out of your relationship, but you're terrified that the other person won't want it. Then, a few months before they adopted Haley and Riley, the whole family went on a retreat for a camp that Tristan worked for. The kids were off making crafts and going on hikes with other kids. Tristan and Biff were out clearing trails and chopping up branches. And so we were out chopping that stuff, and he brought it up. I said, hey, um, you know how we've always thought about, like, as the kids get older, um, not, like, taking one of their bedrooms and turning it into, like, a home office, but keeping it open for maybe, like, foster kids or whatever. He was certainly really cautious about it. Um, And I said, well, I wonder what you would think about keeping that room open or that door open for a kid that we make and that I have. And immediately I felt both sides of it. So I felt a little excitement about that, but I also felt um, a little bit worried. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he was literally like, what? (laughs) That's probably sounds like something I would say. And then I tried to dial it back real quick, you know, and I was just like, "Uh, well, you know, it's just something I've been thinking about. Um, You know that I have several friends who are transgender men, um, who have very successfully had healthy, beautiful babies. Um, and I know that this may be a new thing for you to think about. I was like totally blindsided because it is not something that we had talked about. And, you know, you, we were getting to that phase with our kids where you start to taste that little tiny bit of delicious independence, you know? Um, and... So yeah, it was a, it was a big surprise to me, for sure. Biff's like, "Wow, well, yeah, I guess if this is what you want." And I mean that that's like not exactly what I wanted to hear either. You don't want someone to be like, "Oh, I don't really want to have a baby or make a baby with you," but, you know, I guess we'll do it if you want. Do you know what I mean? That's like not exactly what someone imagines when they're like, "Let's have a baby." You kind of want someone to like turn around and start to cry and like pick you up and be like, of course, I would love to make a baby with you. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, Tristan has all sorts of fantasies about all sorts of things. (laughs) Tristan's a dreamer and I'm, I'm a realist. Yes. And there have actually been quite a few moments like that in the last year where I've really had to deal with, I think some ideas I had like from romantic comedies when I was young and impressionable or something that I haven't managed to let go of, like even as a queer person. Um, but yeah, we talked about it a lot over those sort of coming months, the, the months after the adoption. Um, and then I decided to back off and I just said, let's put a moratorium on it. You just think about it. So Biff thinks about it. He thinks about it a lot. You know, I had every concern that you could imagine and more about the whole process because it's almost, I don't know, I feel like a, a, a straight man kind of goes through life knowing that one of the possible tracks for their life is that they will marry somebody or get with somebody and then get them pregnant and then have a baby. Like that's a 
that is an option that's there, whether or not that's what they want. It's there and they think about it and you have a whole lifetime to prepare for it. And I didn't have that because I, there's, I don't, I never in a million years thought that I would have a partner that I could, that I could, you know, get pregnant and then have a baby with. That's just not something for obvious reasons. (laughs) Biff thinks Tristan waits. They both kind of shut down, stop talking about it. They're consumed with the adoption anyway. Then one weekend, they go to a music festival on the Oregon coast with Haley and Riley. A world music festival. We were camping outside. There's no electronics, no electricity. There was like African drumming and like hippies dancing. And the kids were having an amazing time. It was totally kid-friendly. You know, but it was a really emotional weekend um, because we were just coming off of having adopted the kids. Um, Like there was different kinds of workshops that you could go to and like yoga, whatever. And so I went to this yoga class and... You know, at the end of yoga class was Shavasana, which, you know, is basically the time to sort of like settle in and be calm and quiet. Biff's on his back. His eyes are closed. And I, you know, and and for months before that, I was going back and forth in my head thinking, should I just do what he wants? Maybe I should just trust him and go with it. And then I would flip around and say, no, go with your instinct. And so in Shavasana, I was just really thinking through that and trying to trying to be like, please like, give me an answer, <laughs> universe, give me an answer and tell me what to do. Um, and then like a huge snowball hitting me in the face, the answer came to me. And the answer was, you should have a baby. You, this is something that you should do. Biff's made up his mind. He's in. Coming up, he and Tristan prepare for what that actually means for Tristan's body and for them as a couple. Don't go away. (laughs) We're back with Tristan and Biff. So Biff comes back from this yoga class where the whole snowball-in-the-face baby epiphany happens. And he walks over to Tristan. And he was like, that was fun. Hey, by the way, you know, I had a realization that, okay, we, we, can, we can have a baby. Okay, so not the impassioned declaration that Tristan had in mind, but he was like, wow, I guess we're really doing this. He starts calling around to clinics, trying to find an OB who's experienced with trans pregnancy. A friend directs him to a clinic with a team of doctors and midwives. They tell him all the usual stuff, you know, get exercise, eat well, make sure you're getting enough sleep, and also stop taking testosterone. I mean, I already knew that that had to happen. Um, Totally prepared for it. I've been on hormones for 12 years, maybe more. Truth is, Tristan had already gone off hormones and started taking prenatal vitamins, like before Biff even agreed to start trying. Biff actually stumbled upon a bottle of vitamins in Tristan's bag one day and was like, hey, what's going on? We haven't decided to do this yet. But Tristan wanted a baby really badly, and so he wanted his body to be ready to go the moment that Biff said yes. He didn't even tell his doctors he was going off hormones. 
but he'd been on testosterone a long time, so he knew there wouldn't be any major physical changes. So it's not like my beard falls out or my voice gets higher. Like, nothing happens other than I start, uh, you know, I start a menstrual cycle. Tristan makes it sound so simple here. But if you've ever had a menstrual cycle or taken hormones of any kind, say, birth control pills, you know that sudden hormone shifts are crazy-making. Tristan remembered the wild mood swings from when he first went on testosterone, but his memory of it was foggy. It was more than a decade ago, and he was only 20 years old at the time, a kid. Now it was different. He was a grown-up, and he'd be able to handle it. You know, he knew how to name his feelings and not freak out about small things. That was not always true. As I was coming off of testosterone, I definitely had some stumbling blocks in terms of my ability to, I think, adequately communicate, especially to Biff. So I I would just get frustrated much quicker. Um, I think that part was really hard. I I do not feel like through that whole process that I was as great of a partner as I wish that I was. Which, like, this all sounds, this sounds like very, like, normal parenting stuff to me. Oh, that's great. At the time, it did not feel normal to me at all. I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Yeah, it was rough. So Tristan's gearing up for his period to come back. His doctors warn him it might take a while, like a few months. And my cycle just didn't come and didn't come. September goes by. October, November, no period. Tristan's worried. What if this just doesn't happen? And then I started to notice that I was putting on weight. And I bought a pregnancy test at the store while Biff was at work one day. And I peed on the stick and it was like, you're pregnant. I was at work and he came, I don't, he came to bring me something at work or to drop something off. I don't remember what, I think it was just an excuse to come and see me to tell me, um, So he pulled out a pregnancy test and showed it to me, and it was positive. And I wasn't even excited. Like, after all of that buildup, after many years of thinking about it, like, I was just completely panicked. This is not, like, it was not what I thought it would be. It didn't happen when I thought it would be. I didn't feel that, I don't know, I just didn't feel that glimmer of of hope it just felt like, oh my God, this is happening and I'm not at all ready. Oh shit, like the, the clock is now ticking. Now I have a limited number of months to like be ready and to figure this out. Biff and Tristan are in shock, but this is not uncommon. Turns out testosterone does not actually prevent a person from ovulating, even though it does stop you from menstruating. So this this is sort of complicated, but basically... Your body can still be releasing eggs without shedding the uterine lining. That shedding is, is what makes you bleed when you have your period. And then, and then when you are menstruating, ovulation, you know, comes before your period, usually like two weeks before your period. And that is when you can get pregnant. Remember this from, from sex ed? Your period is the end of your cycle. So of course, you know, you can get pregnant before your period comes. But based on the information that Tristan got from his doctors, he thought there was no way he was fertile unless his period had come back at least once. Now, there are not many studies on trans pregnancy, 
but we talked to a doctor who's done one of the most comprehensive ones. And when I say comprehensive, I actually mean with just 41 people. That's how unstudied this population is. Anyway, this doctor, Alexis Light, she found something that I thought was super surprising, that trans individuals have a similar rate of unplanned pregnancies as non-trans individuals. She said that the medical community is actually just figuring this out. So she and her colleagues are trying to educate doctors and midwives to let trans men know that testosterone is not birth control and that the safest way to prevent pregnancy is to use another method, like condoms. So the series that we've done with you and Biff is called The Accidental Gay Parents. And that is because... You see where I'm going with this. Yes, I do. That is because you told me gay men don't accidentally become parents. You have to plan it out when you're when you're a gay couple. Largely that is true, Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> Unexpectedly, I think is the word. <laughs> I don't we shouldn't say accidentally because it's not like we didn't know the possibilities, but um the plan that we did have wasn't the plan that ended up happening. Tristan goes in for a blood test. It confirms he's four weeks along. As he puts on weight, his mood swings get even worse. To be coming off of hormones after having been on hormones for 10 years, 12 years, and then to be pregnant and to be dealing with pregnancy hormones, um, that, uh, I mean, I did see one, one of the doctors said, you know, that basically chemically or hormonally, it was like I was bipolar. Um, it was extremely difficult for me to keep my cool there are other changes too. My sense of smell. And smell is already a big thing for me. I'm like that annoying person in your office who has like an aromatherapy thing going all the time. And you're like, what the hell is that smell? That's me. Um, I love scent. Uh, and it got to the point where I couldn't even take the train into work, the commuter train, because like I could smell someone's breath like three rows over from me. I... I Oh, walking down the street, like every single thing smelled like a billion times more. And it was disgusting. <laughs> Were you having cravings? So much. I was hungry, Hillary. Oh, my God. Biff would be like, all right, well, I'm going to go to bed. And I'm like, cool. I'm going to go eat some toast. <laughs> um, truly, I would like wake up and it would be two in the morning, like famished. I was eating at least two to three times more than I usually would. I thoroughly enjoyed his intense hunger cravings because I'm a really snacky person myself. <laughs> so it was fun to get up at 10 p.m. and make us toast and <laughs> nachos and all sorts of things. <laughs> I might have gained a few pounds during that time. You snacked in solidarity. Oh, yeah. Biff says that moments like these, sneaking nachos with Tristan while their kids were sleeping made them feel like they were in this together. But still, there was stuff they just couldn't bring themselves to talk about. More on that in just a minute. <laughs> we're back with Tristan and Biff. Over the last couple of years, the two of them had done so much processing about taking in Haley and Riley. They talked about how to handle things with Biff's sister, they talked about Tristan working and Biff staying home with the kids. They talked about Biff homeschooling them. There was 
so much talking. But when it came to Tristan's pregnancy, it was the opposite. Tristan and Biff were keeping a lot of their thoughts to themselves. And when they did talk, it was often tense. From the beginning, my attitude was like, look, we this is the first time that obviously this is happening to us. We don't know what this process looks like. We should move forward cautiously. We shouldn't tell people. We shouldn't call Hillary at the longest, shortest time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He wanted to. And then I wanted to tell the kids. Like, I wanted it to be exciting. I wanted something in this to feel joyful. And I thought, you know, Haley and Riley would think that this was awesome. Um, and and Biff was like, "This that is a terrible idea. Biff's like, nobody tells anybody before eight weeks. And you want to tell the kids? Oh, yes. I mean, yeah, because it's a, it's, we're already asking them, <laughs> you know, to, to really suspend um, a lot of, a, you know, the, a typical notion of reality in order to like engage in this experiment with us about like having a baby and what that means, you know, and they're already like going out into the world every day, a little bit different because their family doesn't look like a lot of other families And so I didn't feel like it was appropriate to ask them to grapple with this too. I wanted to tell them he didn't. I wanted him to budge. He wouldn't. And and what did you wind up doing? Um, We ended up not telling them. Um, I, you know, finally, you know, in sort of like a huffy, passive-aggressive way, I was like, fine, I guess we'll just do it your way then. You know, like not one of my finest moments. Tristan's upset because it seems like Biff just isn't excited about the pregnancy and he's not behaving at all the way Tristan had expected. Because I was feeling so anxious about being pregnant because there was so much happening hormonally, I too had some kind of like a, like, I don't know, sitcom movie idea that Biff was going to like wait on me hand and foot and like put his ear on my belly, you know, and be like singing songs to our, you know, our sweet baby or whatever, which was not happening at all. Biff's like, hang on, what makes you think I'd be singing to you? I never sing to you. That's not who I am. Thing is, Biff was excited about the pregnancy, but it was hard for him to show it because he was also super freaked out. And it really messes with my identity, in ways that that is sometimes hard to grapple with. How so? Well, it's probably not in the ways that you think because it's I don't I don't really have this any issues around like me being a gay man and being attracted to men and what it means to have a partner that's pregnant and and yada yada. It's more that like in our family dynamic I am the one to get up with the kids in the middle of the night. I'm the one making food, you know, when Tristan comes home and I I keep the house clean and all that stuff. And so it's weird to think about the idea that, like, Tristan will be carrying a baby that I will be caretaker for. Um, And I don't mean to say that, like, Tristan wouldn't get up in the middle of the night with our baby, but when... When it comes down to it, the role that I play in our family, the thing that I am good at, will mean 
that when the baby wakes up in the middle of the night, three or four times a night, I will be the one to wake up with it and feed it. It is hard because it, Tristan wasn't just saying to me, I want to have a baby. He's saying, I want you to have a baby. You know, I want your life all of a sudden not just to be a stay-at-home parent with, with a five-year-old and an eight-year-old, but a stay-at-home parent with a five-year-old, eight-year-old, and a baby now. Okay, here's where we're going to pause. With these two parents totally disagreeing on what this pregnancy means for them and just refusing to talk about it. Next week, we'll continue our saga with the accidental gay parents as things get more heated. And I got what I call hot face, you know, where I just got really, really, really upset really fast. Make sure you're subscribed to The Longest Shortest Time in iTunes so that you don't miss that show. While you're there, if you've been enjoying this series, please rate us and write us a review. That'll help new people to find the podcast. And hey, if you haven't heard, we've got merch. This is brand new for us. It's very exciting. We've got three things for you. There's a giant tote bag with zippers. There's poop-themed onesies. And... Of course, my favorite, the shot glass sets. These are perfect for Mother's Day, or any day for that matter. Let's get real. Treat your mom, treat yourself, support our show while you're at it. Find it all at longestshortesttime.com. This podcast is produced by me, Hilary Frank, and Abigail Keel. We are edited by Peter Clowney. Our engineers are Pete Karam and the Reverend John Delore. Our theme music is by the Batteries Duo. I used a couple more of their tracks in the show today. One half of that duo is my little brother Josh. He recently opened a ramen shop called Tempopo Ramen. If you live in New York, you should go check it out. It is super duper yummy. We get editorial support from Amory Baldonado and Antonia Akatunde. Special thanks to Dr. Alexis Light and to Julie Sabatier, who recorded Tristan and Biff's side of this conversation. Also, you guys, we are working on stories of the future, and we're hoping to find some surprising stories about surgery and parenthood. Surgery and parenthood. I know it kind of sounds like a weird one, right? But we've already got some great stories, and we're thinking maybe we can turn this into a little series. We're especially hoping to find a great vasectomy story. Maybe that's you. Send your story in. Go to longestshortesttime.com and submit your story. From the right, I'm Mark Hard. And from the left, I'm Pete Hard. And we're the hosts of Hard Nation. We're covering all the biggest stories this election season on Earwolf while talking to your very favorite politicians like Ted Cruz. May I have a little more his, time? Is his, it my turn to his talk? His face is getting Do I get very a chance close to, talk to my now? face. Hillary Clinton. To little girls out there who are trying to do things, just do it. You'll fail and a man will do it for you. Donald Trump. If I became president, I would bronze every immigrant child and I would attach them to naval ships. Listen to Hard Nation Today, America, on Earwolf, Howl, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. Get hard. Stand up. You sing Earwolf? Yeah. 
This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf. <laughs>